Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now with your home improvement project. We're here to help you solve that do-it-yourself dilemma. The number is 888-666-3974. We've got a great show planned for you this hour. You know the mercury is rising, the sun is shining, and you're probably ready to kick back and enjoy. And if you are, we say not so fast. That mercury and sun mean it's time to get your air conditioner ready for what's ahead. We're going to tell you how to do just that so that it doesn't cost you a fortune to cool your home this hour. And you want to add instant drama and a professionally decorated look to your home? Add pendant lights. Kevin O'Connor from This Old House will be along to tell you how to install them yourself. And this is also the time of year that the wood on the outside of your home is crying out for attention. Maybe your deck, your wood trim, or your fencing needs a little attention. We're going to help you with some tips on how to pick the right stain or brightener to have it fixed up for the season ahead. And this hour, one lucky caller is going to get a set of five Maestro sensor switches from Lutron. Now, they sense when you've left the room, and then they turn off the light. So no more wasting money on your electric bills. It's a prize worth 150 bucks. You'll probably say that in the first year and that's enough sensor switches for every kid's room in the house and maybe even a couple of shared spaces yeah no more family arguments about the kid that left the light on in his or her room trevor i hope you're listening that's my kid (laughs) so give us a call right now with your home improvement project your do-it-yourself dilemma let us help you get that job done the number is 1-888-MONEYPIT Paul in Hawaii has got a leaky bathroom. Tell us what's going on. Yes, in my master bathroom, there's a granite countertop sink with uh, countertop with two sinks. Uh, the left sink underneath the cabinet constantly has like a strong mildew smell. Now, I've cut the back of the cabinet out to check the drywall. No leaks. I've cut a, a hole in the floor of the cabinet to look at the concrete. No leaks. I don't know where it's coming from. I've got a, a bucket right now of those crystals that absorb moisture. The, the thing is full of water. I mean, I've had a friend of mine, he's another contractor. I'm also a contractor, and we can't figure out what's going on. So you have high humidity in this cabinet, is that what you're saying? Yes, high humidity in the cabinet. I live in a very dry area, so it's not like there's moisture in the air from the outside doing it. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what's causing it. I, and you're on a slab? On a slab floor, correct. Slab floors are very hydroscopic. They pull moisture up from the dirt up through the slab and into the cabinetry itself. You might just want to think about venting this cabinet. Have you ever left the doors open for a week to see if it made a difference? Because I bet it would. It does. It actually does. Now, here's one thing I must tell you. There's an outdoor shower on the opposite side of that wall, but it's it's all granite sealed to the tiles. So I can't imagine how it would be coming in from that side, but you know, anything's possible. Yeah, but could it just be a condensation issue? Like when you're running cold water and the warmth and humidity of just being in Hawaii... Moisture forms on the cold water pipes, drip, drip, drip. I don't think that's it. It just uh, doesn't seem to, that doesn't seem to be the problem. The only thing I can think of, somehow moisture, is, like you said before, is coming underneath the ground and up into the cabinet somehow. I, I guess that's probably what's happening and how to solve that. Like your, your idea of venting that cabinet is probably a really great idea, and there's a way I could do that. I could put a small round vent 
and the out to the outside from that cabinet wall there. I think it's moisture that's coming up through the cement slab, and it's congregating in this unconditioned space of the cabinet, and it's building up to the point where you're noticing it vis-a-vis a moisture smell, which you're calling mildew. And I think if you vent the cabinet, that that's going to go away. All right. Well, listen, I'll I'll definitely consider that venting. That was a very good idea. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Eloise in North Carolina is dealing with some unwanted visitors. Squirrels. Eloise, one tried to get into my screened-in porch last week because of a pizza box. I can only... And it scared the bejesus out of me. Must have been an Italian squirrel. (laughs) Tell us what's going on. The squirrels have decided that they like the coziness of getting inside and down into the eaves of the porch rather than to nest in a tree. And they have started eating away... At my house, I've noticed places where they've been gnawing, as well as the nests that are down in the eaves. How can I get rid of them? Well, there's a couple of ways that you can deal with squirrels in the attic. It's kind of like bats in your belfry. They drive you crazy. <laughs> but there are some ways to, to try to manage these populations. First of all, you can trap and release. If you invested in a couple or even one have a heart traps, uh, have a heart is uh, a trap that has a door on it that lets the squirrel in, doesn't harm them. Usually you'll use an apple or something like that as bait. We usually recommend you wire it to the frame of the trap because they'll figure it out and they'll steal it and not get stuck in the trap. And then once they get stuck in the trap, you take the whole trap, stick it in the trunk of your car, drive out to a woodsy area, lift the door, and off they will run happily uh, to once again rejoin Mother Nature. Another thing that you can do is you could consider using a squirrel repellent. There are different types of repellents that are available. They usually uh, are repellents that are designed to emulate a natural predator of squirrels, like fox or something of that nature. And you either spray them or you sometimes they're in like a bag and you hang them in the area and that can deter them. But really the, the first thing I would do is try to seal up any gaps that are allowing them to get into this attic space to begin with. Hey, I have some homework to do. Thank you so much. All right, you sure do. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY PIT. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Thank you so much for joining us here at the Money Pit this beautiful Memorial Day weekend. We hope that you are kicking back, enjoying all of the labors of your springtime home improvements. And if you've got a project on deck, we're here to give you a hand with that. So give us a call 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. And before you kick off your first backyard party for the summer, it's a good time to make sure that your deck and wood trim will look sharp for the season. We're going to have some staining tips to help you get that project done quickly, easily, and with lasting results next. Hey, this is Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs, and I've just been told that Tom and Leslie might have a dirtier job than me. I find that hard to believe, but then I heard they work in a pit. That's a money pit, but still filthy. The Money Pit is brought to you by Stanley Tools, your trusted name in quality hand tools. To learn more about their complete line of quality tools and everything for your toolbox, visit stanleytools.com. 
Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Fit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And the number here is 888-MONEY-PIT. Happy Memorial Day, everybody. Well, while you guys are all kicking back and perhaps working on a project or maybe just barbecuing with your buddies, pick up the phone and give us a call because we'll help you with whatever project you might be working on or thinking of tackling next weekend. But we've got a great prize up for grabs and it will help you have a lower electric bill. We are giving away a set of five Maestro Sensor Lights which is from Lutron, worth $150. Now there's no more worrying that you forgot to turn off your lights when you've left the room and no more yelling at your kids either to stop leaving those lights on. Give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT for your chance to win. 888-666-3974. Now we've got Stan in Oregon who's dealing with a hot water issue. Tell us what's going on. It doesn't come out that great or that hot. What's happening? It comes out, but it just it just makes a lot of noise. It does a lot of spitting, uh, like there's air in the lines. Just uh, you know, when you purge the lines sometimes, and and uh, then you put the pressure back on, it takes a while to get the air out. It makes the same kind of a sound, and it only does it on the hot water side, and it does it in every faucet in the house, uh, the tubs and the sinks. All the same, only on the hot water side. Does it do it when it's off for a while? Yes. Now, what kind of water heater do you have? Is it gas or electric? It's electric. Okay. Uh, have you checked the heating coils? No, I haven't. Sometimes if you have a bad heating coil, this can be a condition that occurs. Is is this fairly new in terms of uh, you seeing the air spurt out of the of the faucets? No, it's been like that. I just bought the house about a year ago. Okay. And the house has been sitting empty for about two years. It was a foreclosure that I bought. So I, I have no idea. Here's what I would do. Now, there's an easy way to test this, but you need to kind of know what you're doing. So it, this might not be a do-it-yourself project, all right? I'm warning you because it involves electricity. Uh-huh. But the way you check an electric water heater out is you turn the power off at the panel, and then you expose the, the you open, the, you take the covers off so you can see the coils. And then what you can do uh-huh. is with a continuity tester, you can check each coil to see if the power passes through it. You have to take one wire off of one side, otherwise you'll be checking it sort of backwards. Uh, but you can check continuity on each coil to see if the coils okay. are working. So you'll still have hot water even if only one of the two coils is working. Right, but uh-huh. but you'll run out quicker, and, and and this may be the norm for you. Maybe you don't know that you're only using your water heater at, at half its capacity. But I would check the coils first because that could be what's causing uh, so much air to be in the system. It's just not heating the water enough. Thank you. I appreciate your your time, and thank you for the information. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Well, the wood on the outside of your home really takes a beating all winter, and it's about to get beaten again by that summer sun. The stress that's caused by the elements not only makes your wood unattractive, but, you know, it can also make it pretty weak, and that spells danger for a deck. The experts at Flood Wood Care, one of the Money Pit's proud sponsors, have asked us to share some tips with you on how to treat and stain your deck. Yeah, first of all, if you're working on new wood, it's got to have some time to dry out, because that's going to allow the pores to open and then receive the stain. So give it a test. Pour a cup of water on the wood. If it's absorbed in 30 seconds, it's good to go. Then, whether the wood is old or new, you need to prep it so the stain will take. Now, Flood makes a finish remover to get rid of old finish and also a brightener and a cleaner. Just follow the instructions, but be sure to wear safety glasses while you're working on this. 
And yes, it is really super easy. You can apply the finish top to bottom so that you can catch any drips. And be sure to work the entire length of the board so that you avoid lap marks. It's also important to be mindful of the weather when you do this project. You don't want to start the project if the wood is going to be in direct sun or if temperatures are shooting, say, north of about 80 degrees right after you finish it. Uh, Also, be mindful of wet weather because if the wet weather is expected like in the next two days, you're really better off putting this project off. You need to wait for sort of the right window of time. And if you do, it will come out fantastic and you will enjoy it all season long. For more tips on projects just like this and for help picking the right kind of stain for your project, you can head on over to Flood's website at flood.com. That's flood, F-L-O-O-D dot com. Gene in Pennsylvania needs some help with a roofing question. You've got black marks on there. Do you think it's moss? Tell us what it looks like. I don't know what it is. I, it is in the sun most of the day, so it's not under a tree or it's not, you know, in the shade really. And I don't know uh, if it could be some kind of a mold or something that would be causing it. I tried spraying it with bleach to no avail. So I was wondering if there's some product out there. That- yeah, there's a product called Wet and Forget that will work very well for this. And just like the name implies, you simply mix this up as a concentrate. You spray it on the roof, and it sits on the roof. And if there's any mold, mildew, algae that's causing these stains, it will attack them and make them disappear. Oh, well, that's good. It probably is a mold because even though my driveway is in the sun all day, I found that there was a mold accumulating on that also. So I guess I could use the same product for both? Absolutely. Great. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Now we've got Eric in Colorado on the line who needs some help with the crabgrass situation. Tell us what's going on. My wife and I purchased a home last year, and uh, you know it's, our, it's my first time actually trying to maintain a lawn. So far, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with what we have, except I noticed that there's a patch of grass that's on one part of the lawn. It, it, it looks like it's a different breed or a different kind of grass, or possibly a crabgrass or whatever. I, I'm not sure if it's a weed or what it is, but I just want to get rid of it. There are products out there. And, you know, if you search online, you'll find some. One is actually a product called Crabgrass Killer, and it's on a website called megagrow.com. And it's truly made from all natural ingredients. It's got, I think, cinnamon bark and wheat flour and corn flour and cumin and baking soda. So it is made from, you know, organic, if you will, materials that make it a more safe herbicide for the lawn. But you have to know what kind of grass that you've got because it won't harm certain lawns. But if you happen to have bluegrass or fescue, you don't want to use it. And being that you're a new homeowner and new to, you know, identifying what kind of grass you have, this might not be the best approach. And that's also something you've got to be you know, sort of sort of careful about. That one's called crabgrass killer. You can search it online, you know, read about it and see if that's something you want to do. So how am I supposed to know? I mean, if if it is crabgrass or if it's some some other, you know, somebody just threw some different, you know, grass grass seeds down there, you know, for whatever reason. Well, you know, you get crabgrass, you get chickweed. Uh, these seeds are in the air, okay, and they blow around and they land and they start to sprout, and so that's why we use. Uh, weed killers and pre-emergent herbicides and things like that because it controls those and helps make sure that the grass can really is really the thing that comes through. And so as a new homeowner, you're going to have to 
buy into the fact that your lawn is going to need some care. I mean, you wouldn't go year after year without expecting to have to paint your house. You can't go season after season without expecting to have to take care of your lawn. Okay. Well, great. Thanks a lot. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Now we've got Olin in North Carolina on the line who needs some help with a radiant floor system project. Tell us what you're working on. Are you doing this yourself? Yeah, I am a do-it-yourselfer kind of guy, and um, I'm going to just do the rough end of the tubing myself. I'm going to leave the uh, the pumps and whatnot to the professionals, but <laughs> it's sort of smart to let the, have somebody to do the hard stuff for you. But I figure I can do the tubing myself. And my, my, uh, my uh, question regards the choice between PEX and Onyx tubing okay. and uh, about cost-effectiveness and which one is more appropriate for my, uh, my, my region. I'm in North Carolina. Well, what type of subfloor are you working with? I'm, I'm going to be uh, working on my existing open uh, floor joists and 16-inch centers, so i got plenty of space under there to staple up uh, either the aluminum plates or to put up the uh, rubberized onyx material. Mm-hmm. And what's going to be your flooring? Uh, above it, I will have a hardwood floor, it's, and uh, in some areas, I'm going to be putting down uh, the uh, the cement board and tile on top. Okay. Now, when you're dealing with radiant flooring with hardwood, you have to make sure that the certain type of hardwood you buy is appropriate for radiant, and it's it depends on the way the graining is cut. And I forget exactly what it's called, but you have to make sure you buy the correct type of grain, the way the piece of flooring for the wood itself is cut. Otherwise, you're going to get a lot of shifting and movement just due to the nature of the heating. Right. Well, we, we, I hear that the uh, PEX tends to cause a little bit more uh, expansion and contraction in the tubing itself. Um, and my, my floor is actually existing pine floor. It's only a certain area where I'll be putting in the cement board and the tile. Well, look, I think either product, as long as it's installed consistent with the manufacturer's instructions, is going to be fine. PEX is really the more common known product for this, and we've seen it in many, many houses. PEX stands for cross-linked polyethylene. Onyx is cross-linked EPDM. So it's another formulation for a radiant tubing product. Personally, I would use PEX only because it seems to have uh, the history. I know that Onyx... Uh, was used a lot um, on outdoor applications for like snow melting and that sort of thing. But because it's inside the house and because it's got such a great reputation, I would use PEX. And I've seen PEX uh, become very, very indestructible when it comes to its ability to uh, work uh, with all sorts of conditions inside the house. In fact, I saw a demonstration once. One thing that's cool about PEX is the memory that it has. You can heat this stuff and stretch it to uh, twice its length and let it go, and it goes back to its original shape. So it retains its original shape. So it's a pretty impressive uh, product, and I think it's got the history, and that's what I think I would trust if I was going to go radiant in my house. Okay. Well, thank you. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Up next, do you need to shed some light on dark spaces in your home? Well, pendant lights might be the solution. We're going to get tips on how you can install a pendant light yourself from Kevin O'Connor, host of TV's This Old House. And today's This Old House segment is presented by Trex Enhanced Decking, available at The Home Depot. On the Money Pit Radio Show.
The Money Pit is brought to you by Liquid Nails. For tough jobs, demand the extraordinary strength of Liquid Nails brand heavy-duty construction adhesive. It bonds a wide range of materials, indoors and out, for a job done once, done right. Learn more about Liquid Nails brand heavy-duty construction adhesive at liquidnails.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Happy Memorial Day, everybody. Hey, do you want to learn how you can save money, energy, and maybe do your part to save the planet, too? If yes, take a look at our green product guide right now at moneypit.com, which is presented in part by Philips Lighting Company. Philips has created products that can save energy in all of your lighting fixtures while making your home look great. See what light can do at philips.com. Judy in Florida is on the line with a countertop situation. What happened? You scraped it? You cut it? What did you do? Uh, the previous owners had painted it, and I took a razor blade and went up under it, and I was able to get all of that paint off. But evidently, they sanded the tops, and I would like to bring some light back into the top. So wait, is it wood? Is it butcher block? Is it laminate? It's, it's laminate, yes. And it's in good shape. It's just that it's dull. It's got the marble look. I mean, you've got a couple of options. You could paint it again. There are several different companies that make a laminate painting kit. Rust-Oleum has a couple of different products. Modern Masters and, um, oh, Tom, there was that one we saw in Vegas. The, the It's named after the guy's daughter. It's got two marbling kits in it. Yeah, I have seen that, and I prefer not to do that. I read an article somewhere, and I cannot find the article, that said that you could use car wax, paste wax, sure. and buffet. Would that look? I mean, the countertop looks fine. It just needs a gloss. You know, I don't want a real high gloss. Just I just want it to look better. Well, there's no reason you couldn't use the car wax. It's not uh-huh. all that, except that I wouldn't want my food to be in contact with it. But other than that, I think it's probably okay. That's a good idea, surely. Well, I thank you for your time, You're your very suggestions. Welcome. I appreciate it. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, pendant lights, they are a popular choice these days, and for good reason. They're sleek and they can add instant style and drama to your lighting. True, but is this an electrical project you can hang yourself? Here to talk about both the highs and the lows of pendants is a guy that we like to hang out with, Kevin O'Connor, the host of TV's This Old House. Welcome, Kevin. Great to be here, guys. So is this a DIY project or one best left to the pros? You know, it depends. But in most cases, I think it's a DIY project. All right. Well, let's start at the beginning. Let's talk about what a pendant light is for those that aren't familiar. Well, you can imagine these things. They're suspended from the ceiling and they're hanging by a rod or a chain. And they're putting light down onto the surface or maybe even casting it sort of ambient through the space. Um, You know, they come in all different sizes. Uh, They come in all different prices. You know, some of them are as small as four inches. Some of them are as big as 12 inches. Maybe $25 for one, maybe $250 for one. A lot of options exist. So this sounds like a good option for task lighting, right, mm-hmm. Leslie? Yeah. I mean, not only do they work great over like a kitchen island or maybe an area where you need some specific down lighting, but they really can look great, you know, in an entryway or even a hallway. Okay. So let's say you do want to hang them yourself. Where do you begin? Turn the power off. That's always a good place. (laughs) (laughs) Turn the power off so you don't get electrocuted. Um, And I actually like to use an electrical tester when I do any electrical work because even if you turn a circuit off, you want to make sure that you got that circuit right. You can put one of these little sticks up to it and we'll let you know if there's any juice running through those wires. But once the power is off, it's pretty straightforward. You've got a new fixture, the wires are colored, and you want to match them up with the colored wires that may be in the wall or in the box. 
Now, what about the uh, the controls for these? It seems like dimmers would be a really good uh, application for this. Dimmers are great. You can imagine if you have them hanging over a kitchen island and you're preparing dinner, you want them nice and bright, but when dinner's being served, maybe you want to dim them down a little bit. And the other thing I like to do in terms of wiring them, it's pretty straightforward, right? White wire to white wire, black wire to black wire, but sometimes it could be a three-way circuit. And I have actually taken little pictures of the wiring of whatever um, fixture I'm taking out so that I can rewire it the proper way when well, I'm putting it back in. Well, that's a Because sometimes you do get confused. The three ways are a little bit more complicated to wire up. So, Kevin, when it comes time to install the new fixture, say the pendant itself has two wires that are the same color. Is there a way to tell the difference between those two? Well, sometimes you can actually do it by feel. Um, If you have one of the wires and you feel it and it is ribbed, well, that means it's probably the neutral wire, whereas the hot wire is actually flat. So that might help you distinguish between the two. If you're unsure, though, about what the wires are on the fixture, and especially if you're unsure what the wires may be in the wall, then it's time to call in an electrician. Yeah, good idea. And especially if you've got a lot of projects, save them all up, hire that electrician once, and have them take care of everything. Yeah, good point. Now, what about flickering? That sometimes is a problem with pendant lights. Yeah, well, you know, a flicker probably comes when you don't have a great connection, and that um, bad connection might actually be between the bulb and the socket. Okay. You know, lights attract bugs, and they can actually get in there. So turn the power off, take the bulb out, clean it out, maybe some compressed air blown in there, get rid of any bugs or dirt, and then put the light bulb back in. And if it still doesn't work, call a pro. You got it. Good advice. Kevin O'Connor, the host of TV's This Old House, thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. My pleasure, guys. All right, you can catch the current season of This Old House and Ask This Old House on PBS. For your local listings and a step-by-step video on how you can install a pendant light, visit thisoldhouse.com. And This Old House is brought to you by State Farm Insurance. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Up next, the summer heat is soaring. Is your air conditioner up to the task? We're going to teach you how to tune it up and survive the season next. The Money Pit is brought to you by Bear Premium Exterior Weatherproofing Wood Stains and Finishes. Formulated to restore, beautify, and protect decks, fences, and siding year-round. Bear is available exclusively at the Home Depot, where you can visit the new Exterior Wood Care Center, built to help you find the right products and colors for your project. For more information, visit BEHR.com. The Money Pit is brought to you by Lutron Dimmers and Sensors. Tired of reminding your family to turn off the lights? Install a Lutron Maestro occupancy sensor and you'll never have to remind them again. It works with all bulb types and only takes about 15 minutes to install. For easy upgrades with big impact, choose Lutron. Visit ChooseLutron.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. You'll get the answer to your home improvement question. And this hour, you'll have a great chance to win a way to save on your lighting bill. We're giving away a set of five Maestro Sensor Light Switches by Lutron. These are really cool. The Maestro Sensor Switch can tell when no one is in the room and flip off the light, which saves you money. The prize is worth $150, so give us a call right now at one eight 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 money pit with your home improvement question for your chance to win. Robert in Michigan needs some help with a composite deck. How can we help you? I was just wondering, have, have the composite materials for the deck, have they come up with anything yet that is good for not fading? I've run into some problems with the materials I have available to me here in northern Michigan. I don't know if it's the weather, the sunshine, or what, but the 
composite materials seem to fade real bad up here. That's interesting. You know, I, I've not seen that, and I've used composite decking for many, many years. There is a company out called Clear, K-L-E-E-R. It's got a product called Clear Decking. Uh, they're one of the new sponsors of our show, and I had a chance to look at their product up close at the Remodeler Show just a few months ago, and I was pretty impressed by it. And the clear decking is made of PVC, and so the color is solid through this. It comes in seven different colors, and I don't think you'd see any fade with that, and they've got a lifetime warranty, so I doubt they'd put that on there if there's any fade issues. Okay. I think that the newer products are probably pretty good and are going to protect you against fade. Take a look at their website. It's cleardecking.com. It's a good place to start, K-L-E-E-R, decking.com. Okay, I'll do that. All right, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Well, to you, summer might mean kicking back and enjoying yourself, but your air conditioner certainly does not see it that way. Now, just like that valuable piece of machinery in your driveway, a heating and cooling system needs annual maintenance to keep on running efficiently. Now is the time to get your cooling system ready. So to do that, you need to clean your filters. A dirty filter is going to slow down airflow and then waste energy, and it's going to make your whole system work way harder than it needs to. Also, think about adding a programmable thermostat and setting it to match your away-from-home schedule. You can save actually around $180 a year if you do that. And did you know that up to 20% of cool air escapes through poorly sealed and insulated ductwork? The ducts that run through the attic, through the crawl space, the garage, any unheated basement should be first on your maintenance list. You want to use duct sealant or metal-backed duct tape. Never the regular duct tape that we're so familiar with that's sort of cloth-like and sticky back because what happens it doesn't have the staying power it dries out and falls off if you want some more step-by-step instructions on how to seal ducts and save energy in general this cooling season search air conditioner maintenance at moneypit.com david in texas is dealing with some rotting wood tell us what's going on i have a area on my house uh i removed my siding uh, and there's a there's a low spot where the porch meets my house and the water stayed there and it rotted out my siding and I pulled it off the bottom board or plate. Okay. It was also rotted and I, I dug all of it out, all the dry rot out, and I was wondering what would be the best to put in there. Okay, so where the siding uh, reached the porch, that all rotted and because the water was sitting there, it actually went into the frame itself and rotted out the sill plate of the wall? Right. Okay, so where have you have you exposed the wall from the porch side? So is the is the siding torn off there? Right, I pulled off the uh, I pulled off the bottom sheet of siding. So what you have to do here is a little uh, a little wall surgery. You have to cut out that sill, the rotted area of sill, and you have to slip a new sill underneath the studs. Is that possible from that side? Uh, I don't think so. I was wondering if there was like some type of composite I could. Uh, put in there. Well, the thing is, the, the, the sill is a member of the structure, okay? So the, the studs would sit on top of the sill, and the sill sits on top of the foundation. So you can't really fill a sill, you know, or, or, or like you would, uh, say, a rotted piece of wood that you filled with wood putty, because it's not going to be structurally sound. If the area underneath the stud itself is not compressed and rotted out, then maybe you could just walk away from it and leave it alone that you fix the leak issue. But if it's structurally damaged, the only thing that you can do is, is dig that out. We see damaged sills all the time with termite infestation, for example. Now, e- usually it's easiest to do this uh, from the inside of the house. Is the house on a basement? No, it doesn't have a basement. So it's on a s- crawl space or a slab? It's 
saw slab. Okay. Yeah, really what you have to do is remove the siding. You can use a tool called a sawzall. You know what that is, a reciprocating saw? And you can reach into the wall with that, cut out the old sill, slip in a new sill, and put it all back together. And that's the way, the right way to do that repair. All right. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Now we've got Robert in North Carolina on the line who's looking to paint a porch. How can we help you with that? Well, uh, it's an old home, and it's a wood floor, uh, pressure-treated, and I've always used oil-based paint. Okay. Which, you know, it's a pretty good cleanup. <laughs> it's a project there. Right. But I've always heard that uh, you could not put latex floor paint on top of oil-based, and that's my question. Well, you can if you've got a step in the middle. You're going to have to prime it. This way you're giving yourself, you know, a neutral sort of playing ground for the new latex paint to stick. And also that will do a good job of covering everything up and sort of giving, you know, a, a good sealant so that you know the new paint will adhere. So if you apply a good quality primer, Robert, after you sand uh, as much as you can the old surface, then you could put a latex uh, paint on top of that and you should be good to go. All right, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Still to come, quick fix ups that can make a dramatic difference in your home. We're going to tell you how lighting can really change the look and feel of any space for the spring. 888 Money Pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Santa Fe, makers of the world's most energy-efficient basement and crawl space dehumidifier. Santa Fe offers a complete line of high-capacity Energy Star-rated dehumidifiers specifically designed to effectively operate in the cooler temperatures of crawl spaces and basements. Visit dehumidifiersolutions.com to learn more. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, did you know that an attic fan can actually increase your home's cooling costs? Before you flip on the switch for your fan, go to our website at moneypit.com and search attic fans. You'll probably find yourself leaving that fan off during the heat of summer. Now, we want to talk about spring and some quick, easy, and inexpensive fix-ups that you can do around your house that will not only make it look great, but these fix-ups will help you save energy and money. Here to tell us how lighting can make a dramatic difference to your home is Melissa Andresco from Lutron. Welcome, Melissa. Hi, Tom. Hi, Leslie. How are you? We're great. Now, lighting is uh, a really surprisingly simple way to dramatically improve the look of your home. And your company, Lutron, actually invented the, the technology that makes that possible. You guys invented the dimmer, and you've come such a long way. And you're going to tell us today um, about one of the new lines called Maestro, correct? Right, Tom. You know, Lutron, like you said, Lutron really has come a long way. Um, we date back to the early 1960s when we first introduced that common rotary dimmer that a lot of people have in their family rooms and different rooms throughout the house. And, you know, today we've got about 16,000 different products at all kinds of price points for all different uh, styles and decors. So um, the one you mentioned specifically, uh, the Maestro dimmer, is um, one of our tried and true products. And we 
keep coming out with newer and better ways to make the dimmer, um, you know, more accessible to homeowners and, and just a better fit. And today we've got one that actually works with compact fluorescence, with LEDs, halogens, and incandescents. So it's going to work with all of the most popular light bulb styles that are out there right now. So no matter which bulb you choose, the new Maestro C.L dimmer is going to work. And Melissa, I think that's super important because so much is changing in the technology of lighting and light bulbs in particular that you never really know what tomorrow is going to bring. And, and when you want a dimmer, which is such an important addition to lighting, any lighting scheme, in fact, in any room of the house, it's kind of hard to figure out what goes with what and to make sure things work and, in fact, are dimmable. That's right. And, you know, because this one is so easily adaptable to all these different light sources, it really takes the guesswork out of it. So if today you've got an incandescent bulb and you're planning to replace that with a CFL six months from now, it's going to work. If you're planning a year from now to replace it with a dimmable LED, it's going to work. So we're really helping to future-proof your home, and, and you know, it's done at a very affordable price. The, the C.L collection starts at around $15 at retail. So, you know, a very easy and inexpensive expensive upgrade for any home. We're talking to Melissa Andresco. She's one of the lighting experts at Lutron, the inventors of the dimmer. And as you say, it's come a long way. Now the C.L dimmers allow us to dim both compact fluorescence, LEDs, incandescents, you name it. Uh, Lutron has a technology that can make that possible. And speaking of which, you've also got a new product coming out now called an occupancy sensing switch. Now, those are three words that most Americans are not familiar with, but they have seen these switches before. And these are the motion detection switches that when you go into a room, the lights go on. What's important to us, though, and especially if you've got kids like me, is that when they leave the room, the lights go off, right? That's right. Now, an occupancy sensor will actually sense when you walk in the room, and it'll sense when the room is empty as well. So it's going to automatically turn the lights on when you go in and then off when you leave. So, you know, great, like you said, for kids' rooms. Great for places like the laundry room. You're carrying a basket full of clothing. You don't want to do that old elbow trick where you're trying to turn on a light switch with your, you know, your arm or your elbow. It's going to automatically sense that you're walking into the space and it's going to light it up for you. Melissa Andresco from Lutron. The technology continues. If you'd like to learn more, you should visit their website. It's lutron.com, L-U-T-R on.com. Thanks, Melissa. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Leslie. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. The show continues online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a Money Pit.